James Brown. Ha! Round. 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 Round sausages. <laughs> Round sausages. Round sausages. All right. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen. Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science and see if science folds or scrunches up its toilet paper. I'm Andrew Stapleton and joining me today are Christopher Gibson, G'day, and Cameron Shearer. Hello, and that was your best one. It was, wasn't it? How good is that? That yep. was good, that was good. All Let's right. keep that level up, please. All right, I will, no problem, no problem, I will. <laughs> uh, so obviously, keeping in, in, in the theme of the podcast, Chris, a folder or a scruncher? Can I actually, can I make a prediction of what mm. I think each of you are yep. and why? Oh. All right, so, so, so Chris, you're definitely a scruncher. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no question, man. Can't because you, you don't have time for folding. <laughs> no time for folding. You're, I reckon you're like the person that like, like pulls off loads, like stops it, stops the roll, rips off, scrunch, 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 and then just goes for hell to the leather. And there is a certain number of times I'm willing to uh, apply, apply pressure and wipe and it's only you know after that amount of time then whatever's still there is still there well well done <laughs> well done Chris all right Cameron I Whoa. think you <laughs> yeah most, actually, most of the bossy. time most of the time that that ends up with things being clean the rest of the time I'll leave it up to your imagination that's absolutely <laughs> disgusting uh, Cameron <sighs> you are a folder. Correct. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So you're a person that looks at a sheet of paper and goes, if I'm going to put something on top of this, how am I going to increase its surface area for maximum usage? Exactly. Yep. And so you, yep. I, and I am also a folder. Good. Yep. I, I would have guessed that. Yeah. And I think that science would be a folder. Yeah, uh, yeah. Science would be a folder. Actually, I think science would use a bidet. Yeah, that is yeah. awesome. Bidets are uh, awesome. Yeah. See, like, a safety, like a safety shower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, safety shower for your bum. Yeah. 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 Do you know what? I, I, when I was thinking about this today, I am ashamed to say I've never even used a bidet and I have no idea how they work. Mm. Like, I don't know if the water comes up from the bottom like a fountain, like a drinking fountain, or whether or not it comes from like a tap and you kind of like direct it down your bum crack. Chris? Uh, I've used uh, a bidet on on many an occasions because I've been travelling through Europe. So, uh, <laughs> oh, how worldly of you! <laughs> uh, it, it, actually, in Turkey, there was a, a very common thing where they would this this metal strip would stick out from the back of the toilet, and it would sort of go sort of a fair way uh, uh, along the the length of it. Yeah. And, and when you would position your backside on the toilet, it would be somewhat over this metal thing, this metal strip. Yeah. And but what this it was, is a was completely separate toilet, like to the. Bit. No, no, this is the toilet. This but is the actual. When toilet you used. poo, it goes. It will. It would go onto that little diving board. Yep. Sometimes it did impact, but uh, it was it was quite thin, probably half a centimeter. But what it was was it was hollow, and obviously it was like a little pipe, and yeah. you would turn on a little tap beside the toilet, yeah. and a little bubbling fountain of water would come. So, up. you could, in theory. 
balance of one of your poos on top. No, not one then... of my poos. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Not All on right. a half centimetre strip of metal. So a person that doesn't have mainly meat in their diet <laughs> could balance a poo on top of this little spraying system yeah. and then and then essentially throw it in back up to the bum hole with pressurised water. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, you could get some incident. That makes spray. me disgusted. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of whale in a... Whale in a cartoon situation. That's yeah, right. exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and so so that was, uh, and and it worked really well to be honest. I mean, the problem in Turkey was a lot of the the plumbing wasn't great. So yeah. if you flushed a lot of t- a toilet paper down, yes, the the plumbing it would screw it up. So this would obviously uh, get rid of a lot of the detritus from the backside. Um, well, and the reason I thought that science would use a bidet. Um, is because I found this thing in, uh, it was published in 2009 in Scientific American, and it said popular everywhere except North America, um, where Americans use 36.5 billion rolls of toilet paper annually, right? God. Not anally, <laughs> but also anally. <laughs> Cameron, did you, have you been to Japan or anything to use their magical toilets? No, I haven't been to Japan. No. Uh, and I haven't used a bidet either, but I've stayed in hotels with them, but I just left them as a magical uh, instrument in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Do yourself a favor. Get in there and use them. Your, right. your bum will thank you. Gibbo says, bidet that shit up. Bidet it. <laughs> Good. But right, Andy, you've been to Japan. What did yes. you come across? I the One of the reasons I wanted to go to Japan is because <laughs> of the futuristic toilets. And when I got there, I realized Japan is indeed in the future. But the future looks like the 80s. Like, nothing was white. <laughs> Everything was that beige plastic color. Yep. Like, mm. And it was all like that. But um, I remember going into this Airbnb and uh, the host giving me a very, very detailed rundown on the buttons on the toilet. Oh, so that is special toilet just in an average house. Yeah, ev- yeah well, average, average houses. Average house. Yeah, average houses have these sort of futuristic toilets. And... Um, he said, okay, this is for, you know, like if, if you, this is the seat warmer. First of all, sitting on a warm seat that hasn't recently been sat on by someone <laughs> to make it warm is excellent. Mm, mm. Um, but then he was like, okay, when you're finished doing your business, um, he said, use this button and you, bing, it comes out. And then you can change the pressure. And for my bum hole, the lowest pressure was still a bit painful. It was horrible. I'm like, oh, I was at it on one, and I was like, why would you, why would you put this on five unless you were some sort of weird S and M sort of kink? Thing and so, once on. you tried five, what do you think of it? I don't actually. <laughs> Any news, gents? Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, Chris. All right. You're- <laughs> Off you go. Gibson's news. So. It's the countdown. Uh, what? Oh, what's this one now? <laughs> yeah, what's this stupid so, countdown? So, uh, for all those who out there who, who love to hear uh, Gibson's updates, uh, Scopus, we've gone past a thousand sites for Doctor CT Gibson. All right, I don't want to fucking peep at you until three thousand. No, no, that's all right. But now we're on Web 10, of Science 000. all databases up to now nine nine three. Seven more to go. Oh, that's not news. What else you got? That's it. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Cameron, news o'clock. Ah, so I've got a story um, about how sometimes being a scientist um, gets in the way of a good story. Yeah. So I was at the. I have a puppy. I was at the 
uh, dog club last Friday, puppy socialization time. Oh, and he's a a black Labrador Mm -hmm. and another black Labrador comes up Mm -hmm. and they're about the same size, Mm -hmm. um, but Reggie looks a lot heavier. Because he's fat, you overfeed him. No, I think just because of um, good raising. (laughs) (laughs) Did you get confused at any point of which dog was yours? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I have yeah. photos and it's really hard to tell them apart. Yeah, cool. Uh, and so, you know, common things when you've got puppies, like how old are they, etc. Yeah. And then the, the the woman who had this other black Labrador said, oh, he's 15 weeks on Tuesday. Mm. To which I said, that's my dog's exact birthday as well. Oh, same litter. <laughs> same litter. And then, and then well... Let's get some more evidence first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So litter of 10. Hypothesis is... Litter set. of 10. Okay, litter of 10, yeah. Breeder from Largs Bay. Breeder from Largs Bay. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, what else did we have? Uh, so Black Labrador. And then we all, and then the final one was um, mother of the dog was called Bella. And I yep, that's also my the mother of my Perfect. dog. Perfect. Same, same. <laughs> So I think that our conversation kind of got around at yeah. the old uh, dog club and someone came across and they said, oh, uh, is it you two who have the dogs who are brothers? And then I said, we're quite sure. <laughs> 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 yes. And then the yeah. other woman said, no, 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 we're sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I was like, well, yeah, I, I don't know why I wasn't sure. <laughs> You, I like the way that you, science can never be 100% sure. No, because you given can never more, know anything, exactly. Given more evidence to the contrary, you then have to believe the opposite. Yep. yep. And yep. can you rely on evidence from someone who was invested in having a brother, a dog well, brothers at their part? I don't know what they, ex- what they wanted out of it. I would have loved to hear you quote an uncertainty, plus yeah, or minus well, 10%. I, yeah, I think I, I first said, I'm quite sure. And then yeah. she said, no, no, we're sure. And then I was... Going, then I was saying, uh, yeah, 99.9%. Oh, no, 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 we're sure, we're sure. Yeah, very good. Yeah, thanks. Andy, you had a good week? I have had a good week. Uh, I was telling you guys before about an Andy Matter post that I believe is quite controversial, or I've been led to believe that it's controversial. And you guys, uh, how I initially perceived it, which is, no, nah, it's yeah. just probably what's true. But you would rather it be more controversial. I really want it to be super <laughs> controversial. And um, and yeah, so it's a post uh, about uh, academics, professor-level academics who give shitty presentations when they're invited to give a talk because they feel like they don't have to do very well. They've normally got a generic presentation that is just the same that they always give, whether yep. it be an hour talk or two hour talk or whatever, <laughs> always goes over time. They always skip through slides. It's such a long time. Uh, for yep, an... Absolutely. And they, they always skip too many skip of through them. slides. Yep. I know. And I, I was sat at one the other, other day and I thought, I this is it. I've sat. So I'm going to use my very sparsely populated <laughs> and unpopular blog to talk some shit about it. Um, so I didn't particularly pick on that one lecture, but I, it is kind of what I see all the time from these professor level. So, so we talked a little bit about why are there so many, do you think? I mean, there are some good professor level talks oh, without absolutely. a doubt. Let, let's just get that. And what I want to say as well is mm-hmm. that it's the science is always very good. Yeah. The science okay. is that if you listen to the first five minutes before it gets rubbish, it's always like, wow, this guy's actually, you know, he's, he's normal. They're normally pretty good. But what makes it not good is when it just like they want to show you their entire life's work yeah. 
in an hour or 50 minutes, whatever, however long it is. So what you end up getting is, and I called it a patchwork presentation mm. of mm. all of their past students' major achievements chucked into this just quick succession of slides mm. with complicated graphs and acronyms and real field-specific kind of stuff that for a general scientific audience, even one at a university, is too much. Mm. Mm. And often, especially when they're, they're knitting them together from loads of students' work and slides, you often hear, don't really know much about this, you know, uh, mm. this student did this and this student did that. And I think that's their way of avoiding questions. Yeah. Tell you what fu- I fucking hate the most. Time the to fucking, oh, God. Oh, say it. Like, when it gets to the end, they've gone over time. People have stopped listening about 20 minutes ago because it's whatever, because mm-hmm. it's, they've, they've taken well, they've, it all they've of the information, you lost you. Yeah, that's it. It's gone. And then they say, any questions? And it's always an academic that leads that maybe have invited them, like another academic in the audience. And they start with, thanks for the great presentation. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. that is a fucking lie. <laughs> Didn't mean it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not a great presentation. He's a great scientist, but that presentation was bollocks when a when a tv show or a movie or something kind of has keeps following these little uh little mistakes that become really predictable people would make a drinking game out of it okay yes uh, yes so can we like i propose some kind mm. of conference drinking game yeah but it's a bit hard to just take a drink at it when you're in this conference presentation <laughs> yeah. so what about some kind of cough or sneeze game Oh yes! So, so oh, every time, so, good. so every time they skip a slide, yeah. you just go. <clears throat> <laughs> That's brilliant! Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. There yes. could be a lot of people going <clears throat> through a lot of talks. Oh yeah. god, that is yeah. brilliant! Or whenever they, uh, yeah, all of these little things you hate. We can have a list, and yep. then you can kind of say what to do. Yeah, yeah. So like, um, <laughs> they should put that. They should not, put that in the in the in the conference proceedings. <laughs> All right, this game will be played during yes. every talk. <laughs> yeah. If you do any yeah. of these things, be prepared to hear a lot of throat yeah. clearing. Another one, motherfuckers. Like, if the question is posed, <laughs> oh, is the where's the button for the laser? Oh. A round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen. The topic for today is university teaching. Future teaching. Future teaching. MOOCs. Teaching. Is it good for your career, Cameron? MOOCs? Yeah. We'll talk about that. Oh, do you want me, I can say it now, I guess. Yeah, um, say it now because uh, I don't know what it is. MOOCs is Massive Open Online Courses. Ah, mm. gotcha. Mm. Mm. Um, so let's mm. start with um, who's done teaching here? Uh, yes, I've, I've lectured in a number of subjects over the years. And out of 100%, what, 100% being a great teacher and 1%, uh, 0% being, oh, you're a shit teacher, what percentage of a teacher are you? Oh, I'd give myself about 80%. Course, you would. Mm. That sounds low for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, Chris, it's not- I'm feeling, my, I'm before feeling you very- answered in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to halve that number. I was going to say 160%. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so you, you already halved it? Yeah, yeah. 80% half. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, in that yeah, case, yeah, yeah. then 80% stays. He translated for us. <laughs> Technically, I can't give more than 100%, but somehow I actually do. But yeah, oh, look, you know, no teacher's perfect. And I guess I have to leave a little bit of wiggle room for improvement. But yeah, I think I'm pretty good, I have to say. Good. Yeah. Cameron, yeah. you've also done some teaching, is that right? Yeah, a little bit. I think I've done the least out of all of us. Um, I don't know. How, how can you tell? 
sets. Student evaluation of teaching. Oh, I thought you said six. <laughs> <laughs> In which case, it's zero. <laughs> what you mean? Okay, fine. <laughs> We've got to be careful here. It's like, am I oh. a good teacher? <laughs> then I got 100% then. Chris, <laughs> <Truth> lady. <laughs> no, back to 160. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, very good. I I didn't get sex on any of my. Uh, oh, okay. You have to ask for them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I had one person come up to me once and said, uh, "Have you done much study on how to teach?" And I said, "Oh, yeah, I do a little bit of thinking about how I present things." And they said, "Yeah, yeah it really shows." Oh, that's, uh, nice. that's yeah. very good. That's very good. And then good. that person dropped out of the course about the next, <laughs> the next week. <laughs> so we, we no. should probably say what sets are. That student no, evaluation student. of teaching. Yeah, so that's, that's where right. the students are given an opportunity to comment on what they think yeah. the lecturer was like. And usually what percentage of students of the class would fill in a set? Oh, very low. Yeah, it's like very in low. In a class yeah. of 300, I think there was... 40 and that was particularly good yeah like that that year was the classes i teach are much smaller so out of 30 or 40 students i might only get five or six right i'm going to tell you the story of my favorite feedback do it first ever lecture series proper like because i've done fill-in teaching and like um tutorials and they're nice because it's much more like a classroom and you hang out and stuff um but uh, this is this is my first like three week lecture series and twice a week go in present you know one thing that amazed me was they the students i don't think they realized i could see them mm. <laughs> was this through two way glasses yeah and like they were like one guy was asleep <laughs> there were people knitting like people were just talking knitting yeah there was someone knitting i didn't bother me i was like yeah but and i was like you I can see you. <laughs> Just pretend to listen. I don't, you know, like oh, that's brilliant. But so during this, I, I, I try to, I try to make it as relevant as possible. And when you're in our situation, which is you haven't got a, a regular lecture slot, you get given someone's lecture slides. Yep. Mm. And it can take hours, days, weeks to make those slides yours. Yes. And I, I went. It's okay. Look, they're there. I'll tidy them up. But what I won't do is put loads and loads of effort into doing it because it, it, you could spend hours mm-hmm. doing that. So I made them as fun as I could. And the way I did is I would try to find real world examples of things and then just kind of ad lib it. And we were doing batteries and we were doing about capacity and different types of batteries. And for some reason, in my head, come uh, I, I thought of vibrators. Okay. I just and had I, deja vu then. I could almost predict you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Damn, that's really weird. And I said... <laughs> Uh, I said something like, you know, battery, uh, these smaller batteries, blah, 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 this type of battery, and you'll find those in vibrators. I said, you probably won't find a vibrator run on a car battery, you know, and then I said, unless it's your thing, right? And then, like, there was like, ha, 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 people laughing, carried ha, on. Ha, knit, 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 sleep, yeah, yeah, <laughs> talk, 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 phone, phone, phone. Now, fucking Pokemon Go, can you imagine? Sat there and people just like, yay, caught another one. Oh, Swing. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um yeah so You're brilliant and so anyway did that lecture series thought i was a bee's knees and some of the feedback was like not as boring as some you know like you know good lecture compared to blur you know, all of that stuff <laughs> it was like great 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 so you know I, better than getting a knee in the face exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but i really they give the students an opportunity to say bad things mm, mm. and i really like the bad ones i really like it 
it's like uh, rushed. I did I did rush because I was nervous. So rushed through. Um, didn't explain this section very well. Like all those things that you normally get. Mm-hmm. And then there was one that said, um, Dr. Stapleton should remember that he's teaching at a university. <laughs> Talking about vibrators is not appropriate. And he should be given instruction on the types of topics that are appropriate for a professional situation. Oh. <laughs> I printed it off and I kept it on my desk, pinned up for a while. because so I was like, ah, first ever lecture series. I made myself proud. Very good. Very good. Very good. So uh, thinking about one of the comments I got, the only one I can think of, um, the person said he has powerful skills. That's you have said. powerful skills. He has powerful skills. Oh. That's all they said. That's Isn't, excellent. Yeah. What yeah. could he be referring to? I, <laughs> do you I do as much know. bragging in lectures <laughs> as you do in this podcast? Can you, can you crack walnuts with your buttocks? Yeah. Is that what he's talking about? I'm not sure. I would love to read one of your exams. Does anyone check what, what the answers are? Like, Who invented the AFM? Well, well, Chris for, Christopher for, for this year's take-home assignment for the honours module, um, they, had to, they had to critique uh, one of our papers. Oh, what paper. They wouldn't have like, found any problems, though. Not at all. They loved it. They loved it. They had to describe... They had to describe um, what the paper was about, what the conclusions were, and then had a whole bunch of other questions in there. Yeah, like, who's your favourite author on this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This yeah. is just a Some way... Some of them of- failed that question yeah. really badly. Yeah, I bet, yeah. <laughs> this is just your way of getting... T- uh, how many people are in that course? Uh, I think 18. So that, this is a way of you getting 18 sort of uh, back rubs yeah. from yeah. students going, Chris, you're so good. Because we all know if you want to do well in a module... You talk about the view, or you, you support the viewpoint of the lecturer. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Good. No, 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 no. I'm completely objective. Yeah, right. It doesn't matter. So we've all taught, and is it good for our career? Because I was, you know, like I, I actually really like teaching. This is one of the reasons I got back into university, and people said to me, "Well, it's good for your career." Yeah, I think that term is used a lot on research staff. And it does get us to do a lot of things basically for free. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, yeah, I do enjoy the teaching. I do enjoy the teaching. And to be honest, when I went for promotion last year and got the promotion, Woo! level C, thank you very much. Anyway, um, it probably did help. It probably did help. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, if people are just doing a couple of lectures here and there, I'm not sure how much that helps. I don't yeah. know. You can always put it down on your CV. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, the yeah. one thing, Cameron, maybe you can talk about this, but the amount of time it takes away from your actual job. Mm. It can chew up a lot of time. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that... Um, so teaching is one of probably the most common permanent position that we could find. So it wouldn't be mm. teaching. It would be, say, 50% teaching, 50% research. Yep, that's true. Yeah. That's probably our best... Uh, bet for landing a permanent position there aren't that many 100% research positions yeah. at least in mm. academia yeah um, what was your question uh, just about how it can chew up time so like uh, you yep. can spend ages doing something that actually you're not paid to do yeah yeah you certainly can and whether it's actually good for your job or not in the end like yeah. that's what you'll get told yeah and I think the fact is that no one has actually been none of us have been taught how to teach. Mm. No, so yeah, there's yeah. no real reason why 
it, it's going to make us a better teacher just because we've done it before. Yes. It's not like we're afraid of speaking to, to people. Yeah. Uh, it's just something that we've now done. But, uh, but I, I don't think it's really like if I go for a lecturing position next week, I don't think it would make me better. Yeah, a better better chance of getting the, the job. Well, it's, it might make me a tiny bit better chance, but yeah. I don't think it made me any better at, at that at job. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I'm yeah. sure if I had just spent that time doing research, yeah. I would, you know, because... I have, I'm not formally trained as a teacher. Yeah. It's not changing anything. I mean, when I think about it, you, having done some is probably important to some degree. It's Like you said, if you're going to apply for a permanent position, having a, a record of some teaching, that is usually part of the selection criteria, I'm, I'm pretty sure. You'll always get a, a question about, you know, uh, proven proven teaching experience and things like that. So having done it is probably important yeah. in that regard. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, of course, that's if you can find... A permanent position. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Rare yeah. as hen's teeth. Yeah. 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 We should have a... Can you do like a some kind of godly soundtrack for that whenever we say that word? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Permanent, permanent position. position. Oh. <laughs> yes, the Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Um, Cameron, you had a story about this. So uh, we're... we're, we're where Chris and I work at Flinders Uni, they're going through a change at the moment where they're going to remove most lectures and they're going to go to a more problem-based learning. And so this is where, uh, say, instead of the lectures, as I said, they would be given a challenge such as make aspirin, um, explain Lightning. I don't know any of the actual ones. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just looking around the room. <laughs> that, no, that's that's actually fine. But I can give you at least one of the questions yeah. about it's it's this is for first year physics. So okay. as Cameron said, it's replacing the standard system of teaching, which is someone standing in front of a classroom of people yeah. and talking at them with PowerPoint. They're often recorded as well and things like that. That's gone. And so it's about setting problems and challenges that force students to go out and find the answers themselves and in the process essentially teach themselves, I guess. Yeah. Using... You've worded that really well. This magical thing called the internet. Robot Chris is back again. Yeah, he's back. He's back. <laughs> oh, I like this version of Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so eloquent. <laughs> I didn't notice the Talks about himself a over. lot less. I'm amazed you can get through so many words without burping. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. You can still hear yeah, the parts. Right. Um, yeah, so that's 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 what's being proposed. And this isn't just um, in the, the lecturing. They're also bringing in a, a change to the structure of how they do laboratories. So okay. in science, you have to do pracs, practical laboratories. Yeah. And so that's being changed as well. But with the teaching, um, I can give you an example of one of the questions and we can have a go at answering it Perfect. if you want. Yeah, yeah, it's let's a, give it it's a go. It's a first-year physics uh, and they've divided this into white challenges, yellow challenges, and black challenges. And I guess they're in different degrees of difficulty and they cover different areas of physics. Uh, like we'll, skiing. We'll go black for 500. Uh, <laughs> I only wrote down the first couple and they were the white challenges. All right. <laughs> white challenge. White, white challenge. We want to give ourselves a chance. <laughs> oh, don't chant that. <laughs> oh, no, that's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, tell them to change is, that name. Yeah, this is, I mean, I read them and I was like, God, couldn't they come up with different colours? Anyway, um, so one of them is, uh, for example, like first year physics challenge. Uh, this area is cosmology. And one of the questions that the students are supposed to go away and answer is, 
Uh, this one's a good one. In science fiction, when a spacecraft breaks oh. the light barrier and travels at warp speed, that's greater than the speed of light, stars always fly past the, the view screen or the windscreen of the spaceship. Yeah. You see it in Star Trek and yeah. Star Wars. Would this actually happen in reality? Oh. And the second part is what warp speed would you need to attain to make the effect happen? So they've kind of given away the first bit, I think. All right. So no, it wouldn't happen. Yep. yep. And that's because the, the speed of light, no matter, is not... Dep- no, I didn't do physics, okay? So you're going to have to completely fall up, pull It's first year physics, but, you, you know, you, but, you'll be able to get So this. the speed of light is the speed of light, regardless of whether you're traveling towards it or away from it or with it. It is the speed of light. Mm-hmm. So if you travel past these stars at close to the speed of light, they would still... They wouldn't be smeared. They would still look like point artifacts, correct? I mean, I think, yes, that's true. I don't think you'd see. I mean, it takes light eight minutes to travel from the sun to the earth. Yeah. And so, therefore, if you're on that light beam and traveling, say, faster than it. Yeah. Um, we don't know. You know we'll, we'll say, like, a couple of times faster. Yeah. Now, the planets aren't even whizzing past you at that speed. Because if you're traveling twice the speed of light, it would still take you four minutes to get to the planet Earth. And planets aren't going past you at a uh, uh, at a fast okay. rate, and stars are infinitely further away, yeah. so they're still going to look pretty static. Okay, they're not yeah. because they're just too far away. So, um, the, and so therefore, that's why I think the second part of the question is: What warp speed would you need to attain like to a, make the effect happen? A million times the speed of light. You'd have to travel light years per second. Some sort of you know, you'd have to travel so fast that yeah. stars would be, you know, you'd be travelling past solar systems and stars. Yeah. So At the refresh rate of your eye. Well, I mean, Alpha Centauri is 4.2 light years away. For that to fly past you, yeah, right, you'd have to travel at least four or five light years per second yeah. to have it go past you. And then you'd have to, for them to go at the speed they're going, the next one's probably Barnard Star, which is six light years away. So that's another two light years on. So... Yeah. You know, you'd probably have to be traveling hundreds or thousands of light years per second, which is, I don't know how many times the speed of light. Thousands and millions of times, probably. Cameron? I think that you'd need to travel to see, to get the effect. Mm-hmm. So say there's 100 stars in that screen when you start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For you to get that smearing effect, you need to travel pretty much the speed in one second to, to travel the distance to pass all of those stars. 100 stars yeah yeah, yeah. point yeah. and that would probably be as chris said uh very yeah. fast yeah. Yeah. yeah and i think that the smearing effect is possible because as we see it as a you know we're relatively stationary at the moment and we're getting the eight minute old light or photons of light hitting our eyes and that's yeah. what we see and but that photon of light then doesn't wait for the next one to come so we're always getting this continuous beam of photons yeah. So if we were to move faster or fast enough than those photons, yeah. I think we would then see like this continuous stream of photons, oh, which, would, okay. which would to our eyes look like a smear of light yeah. uh, from that original source of the sun. Yeah. I th- look, I think it's a great experiment. I th- I'm, I'm pleased that someone's at least attempting this. Mm. Whether or not it will work, and I guess that now we can talk about like the future of teaching, like... This is clearly what, what what Flinders University think the future of teaching is. This problem based maybe group learning. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is it the death of the lecture? Cameron, are lectures boring? Yes. Mm. Is Have they got more boring? And is that why people aren't turning up? No, I don't think so. So they've always been... The, the Almost, format have always been the same? I reckon, yeah. So what's why are people not turning up? I think now that there are two things which happen. So I used to go to all my lectures. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but now... All of our lectures are recorded, so I can yeah. watch it online at home. Yeah. There's no reason for me to attend. Yeah. Uh, and the second reason why lectures are going out is because uh, other universities with more charismatic lecturers are yes. putting their lectures online. Yes. So why would I listen to Christopher T. Gibson talking about himself <laughs> yeah. when, when I could listen to the actual inventor of the AFM? Christopher Gibson. <laughs> 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 yeah, the Chris, Chris Gibson from Wollongong. The Chris, yeah, the Chris Gibson clone in Wollongong. <laughs> Who has more citations and a better H index? <sighs> yeah, no, I, look, I absolutely yeah, agree with absolutely you. Right. I mean, yeah. the lectures are a historic relic. Can you say that? Well, of how information was yeah, it was because disseminated. at one point there was one textbook. Textbooks yeah. were expensive. Yeah, and then a person would read the textbook yeah. and people would write it down. Yeah. And that's what lectures became. Now, in an age where people can look up stuff on their phone, uh, information is everywhere, uh, they needn't sit and listen to someone who, a lot of the time, the lecturers don't want to... Then Teaching isn't their thing. No. They're there because mm. they, they have to do it as part of service to the university. Um, it's because they wanted the permanent position. Oh. oh, sorry, came in late um, there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like when you've got a permanent position, uh, you do have to teach. And I had some teachers, some lecturers who were terrible. They just wanted to get through the lecture and that was it. Mm, mm. And Cameron, you're absolutely right. Now there is a market for awesome, charismatic, well thought out lectures and lecture styles. Yep that people will download and watch because they're they're um because they're interesting and entertaining and mm. engaging mm-hmm. absolutely what do you think so i think that smaller universities won't survive without teaching because okay. that's where most of their money comes from yeah um and i think that if they i think that they they will and they should go down the route where lecture type content comes from somewhere else yeah but what the lecture type content can't provide is practical experience, mm-hmm. such as in the case of laboratories, mm, yeah, such yeah. as in the case of tutorials, yeah. or this problem. No, well, problem based learning is not yeah. that. It's yeah. Yeah. Oh, challenge problem challenge, based. Challenge same thing. Based same learning. thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. So is MOOCs? What was that one again? M- massively. Uh, massively. Uh, massive online open courses. So have you d- have you done any of these? I have. Yeah. So I I sort of toyed around with um, there was a Google one for Android programming, mm-hmm. and I did it m- out of morbid curiosity, and it gave me like twenty days free or something, and I thought I'll give it a go. And what about you guys? Any any attempt with online learning stuff? Uh, yeah, I, I've started a few, oh, good. Um, but these are more, uh, I know I finished a one on um, Python oh, uh, cool. in Udacity. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I started another one on Python in um, in one of the other free ones. I can't remember. Maybe Stanford Online, I reckon. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was, it was, it was fine. I, I learned quite a lot. So you're, is this snake wrangling? What are you doing? Python is a programming <laughs> language. 
Sorry. No, no, no. Snake wrangling. <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad. Of course. Oh, now that's an exciting. They post you a snake. <laughs> it's just an egg. <laughs> and it hatches. Good luck. You got, you got five days. <laughs> send it back to us. Your assessment is send back a live snake. <laughs> With the That's venom excellent. extracted, I love yeah. it. I love it. Anyway, sorry. So Python, Got a few unopened it, ones. It's a program. Yep. Sorry. Uh, and I, I don't think it, it wasn't as well done as the Google one. I don't right. think so. It was like it was a series of videos, and at the end of some videos, they'd have a question, mm-hmm. and you might answer it. But other times, it was like you had to write a program to draw a draw a particular shape, mm-hmm. right? And you, it was quite complicated how to write that in programming language. Yeah. But then the question was like. Did you do it? And then uh, I yeah. could click yes or no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sign me up for that. Brilliant. Can I become a surgeon through that? That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Did you do the appendectomy correctly? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is Science This, where we use our transferable science skills to science the shit out of an everyday activity. And today, gentlemen, the science this topic is... Making a cup of tea. Mm-mm. Cameron. Okay, Cameron. I am going to say no robots. Oh, is that a new rule? Is it for you? It's <laughs> a new rule. Cameron, all science right. the shit out of tea. I'll keep all the robot thinking inside my brain. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So tea. Yes. So uh, there's a few things to optimize. Yeah. There's water temperature. Yeah. And there's time that you're leaving the tea in there for to steep. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've once seen a, uh, something f- with coffee where they're looking with something like a GCMS, a grass chromatography system, to see what molecules Ooh. are coming out at what mm. time. And temperature or? Uh, so time? that would that would keep a constant temperature. So Ooh. for coffee, it's 80 degrees. And yep. for tea, it would be 100. Yes. Because hotter, well, for black tea, hotter yep. is better. Yep. And so I would look at what molecules are coming off. Yep. And then uh, optimizing the time where the most nice tasting molecules come off. And but how do you the least? How do you uh, know which one ones. tastes nice? Do you have a panel? No, <laughs> I can't make a robot. Oh, yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> he needs a robot to to taste the tea for him. Program to detect the optimum tea flavor. I would have a panel. But the panel would consist Ugh. of cloned Gibsons, <laughs> all identical to me with all my memories up until that very point. Yeah, yeah. It was in the interest of time, I wouldn't have time to try all the different fractions. I love the idea of a GCMS and all that sort of spectroscopy and chemical testing. But I would have to have a panel of people exactly like me. So what okay. better? A clone of Gibson. Yeah. I can't imagine. You'd have a great podcast. Oh, it would be awesome. It would, all, it would be all about <laughs> movies. Everyone would be excited about what anyone was saying. Gibson's news. Yeah, yeah. Gibson clone one. Gibson's funny stories. Gibson's funny. Oh, and the that. best thing is that everyone would probably act as if they'd never heard the story before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because oh, Chris is that's... very good at not knowing who he's told the story to before. Yeah, yeah. yes, yes, that is true. Yes, anyway, yes, mm, yes. That's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think that would be, one, that would be you know, sort of a little little different slant I'd put on it, perhaps. Okay, okay. so um, you, would, you would use cloning to test the tea. Yeah, so that okay. would be the, because it's but very is, hard is to be objective. Is there a reason of 
And you're the most objective person. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I know what I like in tea more than anyone else. (laughs) So rather than try and have a machine do it, I would clone myself and they would test all the different, uh, you know, concentrations of tea, the different durations that the tea bag's in, you know, in the interest of speeding it up. If I do it myself, it's going to take too long. Do you put your milk, if it's a black tea and you're having a milky black tea, do Mm -hmm. you put the milk in first or do you put it in second? Is this... What's going to happen? So is it milk and then tea bag and then hot water? Uh, or is this no. tea, tea already made in a in a pot, pot yes. to be poured in? Yes. Well, then it's milk first. Milk first? Yeah. Chris? No, I'm milk last, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, milk last. Well, I was always a milk last person. And science has come to the rescue for us. <laughs> what I want to do, actually is there is a guy called Dr. Stapley. Oh, that's a bit too close to home. (laughs) Yep, who said, if milk is poured into hot tea, individual drops separate from the bulk of the milk and come into contact with the high temperatures of the tea for long enough for significant denaturation to occur. Mm, mm. So if you pour milk into tea... Then big drops occur. And apparently, it's much less likely to happen if hot water is added to the milk. Yeah. So, milk first. So, Cameron wins. Cameron wins the science milk game. Oh, good. I I, I thought it was going the other way. (laughs) No, it it, it sounded like it was. I'm not surprised. No, no, you wouldn't be surprised. I can't believe there's a right answer to making tea, and Cameron got it. So I don't drink much tea. I mainly drink coffee. And so I do like it fairly lukewarm so I can chuck it down fast. Yeah. I'm a bit the same with tea. So here's a little tea hack for you. Mm-hmm. Is you leave a spoon in it and it cools down quicker because the metal takes away the heat and is a better conductor of heat. And so it cools down better. Do that. You can drink it much sooner. Oh, I like that. Thank you, Andy. And you'll be pleased to know I found the chemist recipe for making a cup of tea from the Royal Society of Chemistry. Oh, I'm glad that they've looked into this. They've yeah, looked into yeah, it. All right. Yeah, I'll run you through it quickly. Potters. Wait, so uh, is it going to say which tea leaves? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. And then when you tell me the tea leaves, I'll tell you how long I would leave it for. Okay. So they say we need loose leaf Assam tea. Mm-hmm. Soft water, yep. water without magnesium and calcium ions. Mm. Not so important here. Um, yeah. mm. Fresh chilled milk and white sugar optional. The implements, you need a kettle, a ceramic teapot, a large ceramic mug, a fine mesh tea strainer, a teaspoon and a microwave oven. I'm out already. That's too much work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Tea bag. <laughs> I'm out. Gibson's out. He's gone. No I'm more. Out. Sorry, that's too much work. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Place one rounded teaspoon of tea per cup into pot. All right. Take the pot to the kettle as it's boiling. So that means that you want the water as hot as possible before putting it in the teapot because you want your water as hot as close to 100 degrees C as possible, right? Good. Pour onto the leaves and stir. Now, Kate's mum, when she does this step, she swears on... She, so she puts the water in with the tea and then she 
moves the handle around in a circular motion so the whole teapot kind of goes in a big circle she does oh, it like a yeah. number of yep. times yep. Yep. so yep. she doesn't stir she's mm. like she does yeah. a little ritual like a yeah. little it's a waste of like, time waste of time there we are You've, <laughs> it is um <laughs> Leave to brew for three minutes. Oh, you didn't ask me. Oh, how long would you brew for, Cameron? <laughs> well, I was going to say three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Is convenient. anyone going to believe me? Uh, well. Assam tea is a very strong tea. The ideal receptacle is a ceramic mug. Pour milk into the cup first, followed by the tea, aiming to achieve a color that is rich and attractive. Add sugar, optional. And then it says, so we, we poured it in at 100 or as close to 100 degrees C as we can. But it says drink at 60, 65 degrees C to avoid vulgar slurping, which results from time to drink tea at too high a temperature. So the Royal uh-huh. Society of Chemistry are fucking snobs as well. Oh, that's, not a, that's not a shock, is it? Really? <laughs> I thought it was going to say, um, don't let it get too cold and chuck it down like a Gibson. <laughs> That's how men yeah. drink tea. Yeah, yeah there we are. <laughs> Slam it down fast. Music is provided by the excellent Adelaide bass band Voice Rom. Special thanks, as always, to Jared Payne. Check out Voice Rom stuff on their Bandcamp website. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a review on whatever it is. We need reviews. Oh, how many do we have? We've got like three. No. I think. Are you one of them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've got two. Um, and also remember to like our Facebook page and join in the forum. Cam- uh, Cameron sponsored this week. That was Published Perishore Podcast. Brought to you by our future sponsor, Darjeeling Tea. Because I like it better than Assam. Oh, <laughs> controversial. I like it. All right, final goodbyes, gents. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.